Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, pre-owned inventory and all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Great service department and excellent sales staff. Loaded show coming up today. High school football roundtable. We got Greg coming in studio. The Chief will be calling in. Same with Zach Showers for Sealands Grove. We got Shikalemi taking on Chimokin this week at home. Lewisburg is at Loyal Sock. And Sealands Grove with a big one at Central Mountain. So we'll preview all those games coming up at 335. Ben Jones. StateCollege.com at 4.06 with the latest on Penn State and Iowa. And then we got the King joining us today, day early this week, for our picks to close out the show. Now, I will give my thoughts at some point here on Iowa and Penn State, but I did want to start with this. Is This is very serious that's come out of the NBA today. 18 former NBA players have been charged today in a $4 million health care fraud scheme. Defrauding the league's health and welfare benefit plan. It involved claiming fictitious medical and dental expenses. FBI's involved with this. Terrence Williams, the former first-round pick in 2009, is the ringleader of this. And includes a former Sixer during the process days, Tony Roden. I mean, this is just despicable stuff. The NBA has not commented on this whatsoever. Ruben Patterson, another one of these players. Darius Miles as well. Uh, Glenn Davis also was involved in this. So this is this is messed up. And uh, really is what else to say is that you just don't understand how people have the time and energy to waste life on something like this. So the NBA's got that in the background really out of their control, which is unfortunate. But so that's been lingering today. So that's a a major scandal now being investigated. There could even be more arrests, apparently, according to the FBI. They said the investigation's still ongoing. So I guess we'll have to keep an eye on that one. But now to 
Penn State, Iowa. Course 2.30, the airtime, 4 o'clock kick. And I still like Penn State this weekend. I do. Why? Because of that championship-caliber defense. Now, I know this will be the biggest test for both these teams. But I just think experience of Sean Clifford also can play a factor in this. And I thought Nate Bauer brought up some brilliant stuff yesterday about Jordan Stout. <laughs> you never It's very rare to hear that the punter's the MVP, but if Penn State can play the field, win the field position battle via special teams in the punt game, that could be a major difference too because I do think this is going to be a low-scoring defensive battle. So those types of things matter. Now, what what would hurt Penn State and put them in jeopardy of losing this game? Obviously, is third and short, fourth and short, goal line, those types of things that they struggle with. They have to find a way to come through. But they now have given Iowa full tape of, make, of being ready for the run game, especially through the legs of Sean Clifford. Now, doesn't help when he's sometimes is one of the top rushers. I think it doesn't help you there. And not only that, too, this Penn State offense has been able to make plays via the passing game when they've needed to as well. They just have a lot of sure hands. So I think a combination of all those things I think will let Penn State eke out a close one. But I, overall, I, I just think, and this is why I had the major beef earlier this week about the polls, why I was three, Penn State's four. I just think Penn State is still the better team right now. And until that's shown differently, that's who I'm rolling with. I just believe in this Penn State team. I, I have taken fully into heart what Brian Tripp said to us a few weeks ago, that there's something different about this team's attitude and the way it conducts itself on the sidelines, stuff like that. I, I truly believe that. And now having seen a game in person, I know obviously the Villanova game wasn't uh, clean by any means, but... I this is an opportunistic defense as well, especially the secondary, and being able to slow down the run game prevents teams from moving the chains. Therefore, you take the crowd out of it, which is I'm sure it's going to be a madhouse there. <laughs> so I I believe in Penn State this weekend, Steve. I really do. Will it be a close game? Yeah, but I I think Penn State is going to win this game on Saturday. There you go. All right. But the NBA thing, oof. The NBA thing, uh, okay, I don't know any of the players involved, but they're, you look at their careers and either comments they made in their careers or any, you know, I wasn't surprised by the names about that <laughs> or guys that I knew that had questionable recruiting you know that you end up knowing about yeah questionable so that didn't surprise me either so the NBA thing is it's bad there's no getting around it again this is a case 
it seems, on the surface. I want to know what you think about this. Where we hear often about um, about people, quote, losing their money or, quote, blowing through their money. Okay? Don't you get the feeling that this that that this enters into it? I mean, listen to this scheme. Okay? I mean it's last thing at time last time I heard something this elaborate, the suit was involved. Uh but that was a different story. Uh so, get the lingerie on the deck, call the janitor. <laughs> By the way, the um it's only a rumor about the online petition. Did you hear about this, Matt? No, this is the first time I'm hearing about this. No, it, it, the online petition is to be, to get Dave to talk more. All right, so it's... <laughs> oh, <laughs> my almighty! Yeah, 72,000 signatures. All right, it's, it's really so far so good. This has gotten way better than we thought it would. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, so you, I mean, you, you can make it 72,001. Jump in. <laughs> well, you know what bothered me? What was that? Suit Light signed it. All right, so. <laughs> Actually, that does not surprise me. Uh, <laughs> he signs any petition. That's <laughs> You know what he was signing. All right, 18 former NBA players charged today with pocketing about $2.5 million illegally by defrauding the league's health and welfare plan in a scam that authorities said involved claiming fictitious medical and dental expenses. U.S. Attorney Audrey Strauss said at a news conference today the defendant's playbook involved fraud and deception. They arrested 15 former players and one of their wives... After an alleged three-year conspiracy, the authorities say started in 2017. According to an indictment returned in Manhattan Federal Court, the former players teamed up to defraud the supplemental coverage plan by submitting fraudulent claims to get reimbursed for medical and dental procedures that never happened. Strauss said prosecutors have travel records, email, and GPS data that prove the former players were sometimes far from the medical and dental offices at the times that they were supposed to be being treated. In one instance, she said, a former player was playing basketball in Taiwan when he was supposedly getting $48,000 worth of root canals and crowns on 18th at 8 Beverly Hills California Dental Office in December of 2018. The indictment said the scheme was carried out from 2017 to 2020, when the plan, funded primarily by NBA teams, received false claims totaling about $3.9 million. Of that $3.9 million, the defendants received about $2.5 million in fraudulent proceeds. Strauss said that each, each defendant made false claims for reimbursements ranging from $65,000 to $420,000. Request for comment to the NBA was not immediately returned. Michael J. Driscoll, the head of the New York's FBI office, said the case demonstrated the Bureau's continued focus on uncovering health care fraud scams that cost the health care industry tens of billions of dollars per year. Strauss said the conspiracy was led by Terrence Williams. Uh, first round pick, 2009. 
The indictment said he submitted $19,000 in fraudulent claims to the plan in November 2017 for chiropractic care. The claims led to a $7,672 payout for Williams. The indictment said that he then recruited other former NBA players to defraud the plan and offered to provide fraudulent invoices from a chiropractor and dentist in Southern California and a wellness office in Washington State. At least 10 of the former players paid kickbacks totaling $230,000 to Williams, according to court papers. A lawyer who has represented Williams in the past declined comment. Now, Williams was, I mentioned, a first-round pick in 2009. He was the 11th overall pick going to the uh, New Jersey Nets at the time. They're now the Brooklyn Nets. He went on to play with the Nets, the Celtics, the Rockets, and the Kings over four seasons. As a role player, he averaged seven points a game. He was waived by the Celtics two days after his 26th birthday. And in 2013, which was in 2013, he did not appear in the league again. So this is, you're talking about four years after he was out, it's alleged that he started this scheme. Also among those charged was Tony Allen, six-time all-defensive team selection and a member of the 2008 champion Celtics, along with his wife. For the most part, though, the former players involved had journeyman careers, playing for several teams and never reaching anywhere close to the enormous stardom or salary that top players command. But let's be fair here. They also earn money in the league. Like, the NBA is not a low-paying league. So they earn some coin, just not the same kind of coin LeBron makes. The 18 players combined to make $343 million in their on-court NBA careers not counting outside income endorsements or whatever they made playing overseas. That's just their NBA salaries. The 18 combined to make $343 million. To my point, they made some coin. Strauss declined to speculate on their motivations or financial situations, saying that doing so would go beyond the facts of the indictment. Another former player charge was Sebastian Telfair. One-time high school star in New York, highly touted when he turned pro. NBA career, eight franchises, never brought stardom, some expected. Glenn Big Baby Davis, part of the 2008 Celtics championship team. Shannon Brown, two championships with the Lakers. Melvin Eli, title with the Spurs. Tony Rotten, Ruben Patterson, Darius Miles were the only players who averaged double figures in their careers. Rotten, 11 points a game in 145 games. Patterson, 10.7 with six teams. And Miles was the third overall pick in the draft in 2000, averaged 10 points per game while playing with four franchises. All these guys, especially guys like Miles, Telfair, right, were, you know, that surefire got to have. Now, Brown played in the Big Ten, for goodness sakes with Michigan State, right? But these were all surefire, got to have them, oh, entourage all around them. And and you know how skeptical I am of these guys. You know how skeptical I am. Like, okay, exactly. got it. Right? Over and over again. Or, like, you need to season your game. But they don't want to season their game. They don't want to do that. 
and that's but that's a different part of the story all right to be fair that's a different part of the story but that is some scheme now the now the question is can they prove it in court but it sure is elaborate and there may be more according to this report wow the investigation's still ongoing but I think your your view on this is absolutely right, Steve, because you mentioned a couple of key words. Journeyman, former first-round picks, those names right. you mentioned. I mean, it, it makes perfect – it does make perfect sense, that view, that these are players that didn't make as much coin as, like, you see a LeBron or whatever. They probably spent too much of it. They mishandled it, like some players do, and this is what, this is what happens. And I don't blame her for not speculating on that. I think it's unfair for her to do that um, because she just wants to stick to the facts of the case of the fraud part of it, not the reasons for the fraud. So I think she was correct, I think, in her answer about, you know, whether these guys either blew through money or whatever, you know what I mean? So she, she stayed away from that. I thought that was smart of her to do. She just wants to stick to the facts of the fraud, of the of the alleged fraud in the case. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back with more in a moment. We're sponsored by our good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, our high school football roundtable is coming up in the next half hour. Uh, not only will Shemokin and Shikolimi be one of the games we'll feature, we'll also talk about Lewisburg's big game coming up to try to build a winning streak, and Sealands Grove is going to be at Central Mountain. If I recall correctly, the Sealands Grove Central Mountain and Shikolimi Shemokin games will also be on our YouTube channel. Yes. Again, the company doesn't think I pay attention. (laughs) You're a frightening group. Great to have you with us today. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. 
Right, today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, best in new inventory. Great pre-owned inventory, all with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. And uh, not only that, fabulous sales staff that works with you. Look, how do you get so much repeat business like Sunbury Motors does? Because the sales staff works with people. Right? They care. Customer service means everything. And the service department's fabulous. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Roots 11 and 15, Humble's Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. All right, a high school roundtable. So let's get to it. We're going to start with Shemokin taking on Shikolemi. Uh, and the chief joins us, Dave Ritchie. Dave, first of all, welcome. It's so great to have you with us. Hey, it's good to be here. I'm not over in the studio, but I'm sitting down here watching uh, the Braves go through their uh, Thursday practice. You know, the one where the, all the linemen think they're punters or can catch balls, those types of things. So, but it's yeah. uh, it's uh, good to see them. Uh, they look like they're in good spirits. Yeah, that's good. All right, so let's uh, let's get to a couple things. They have to play a number of two-way players. What is that doing to the level of attrition as the game goes along in terms of fatigue? Well, I think you talk to just about anybody that's watched them play all year long. Uh, you know, it gets towards the end of the third quarter, and you got some pretty tired people out there. You know, you're not quite as fast. You don't have the, you know, you might not have that lateral movement, to, you know, that speed that you need. And uh, it's not that it's not for lack of trying. I, I, in fact, I talked to a couple of the kids yesterday and and told them I said, hey, hey they've been playing hard. I said it's just the fact that uh, a lot of those kids don't come off the field at all. I mean, including special teams. Yeah, and that's a problem. Is a lot, and that's a lot of running on special teams. A lot of running yeah. on special teams. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, just uh, you know, uh, the kickoffs and uh, and the punts are probably the the two the two worst. Uh, receiving and uh, on both ends usually isn't as bad, but uh, it's a full out sprint for those guys uh, each time we have to punt or kick off. I mean, I watched the game on Friday night, so I mean, I saw, I saw the game and how it played out. How problematic has it been that they can't stay on schedule offensively? Well, I, I you know I, we have I think some uh, pretty talented kids on the offensive uh, team, and it just seems that uh, that you know they've been able to get first downs. They just haven't been able to put together a, a sustained drive, and a lot of that has to deal with the fact that uh, sometimes you know you, you get a like you have a receiver open and it's overthrown or it's dropped and uh to you know make those third down plays uh many times many times steve will start with a running play and and get six seven yards and boy usually you're thinking that's golden to get a first down but uh right. it just seems that sometimes it gets a little off line and uh, we get a penalty or we lose some yards or uh we, we don't complete a pass when we need to all right now this is going to be a tough one because th- and I'm not questioning decision making here, but I do want to ask the question. There were a couple of fourth and shorts in that game, and Shikolami's behind. I'll give you an example. Third quarter, they're behind twenty-seven nothing. Why punt? Okay. Why punt? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, you probably. Uh, I was sitting in. Uh, I was sitting close enough to the fans from Shikolimi and they asked the question too so 
I I think uh, where the position was of the ball, uh, I don't know if there was lack of confidence in getting that short yardage and giving Seals Grove another chance to uh, have a short field to score on, uh, or if they wanted to pin him back and and try to get him three and out down there and get and try to try to switch the the way the field was for everybody. It's hey, I, you know what? I've been in that situation, and there's times uh, where when we've called. Uh, to go on fourth and short and made it, and then there's times that we got burned on it too. So yeah. that's uh, it's one of those things you have to do as a coach, and you, you just accept what happens. So, but I remember, I, 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 know exactly, I totally I know understand exactly what you're that. talking about. Yep. I, I totally understand that because to me, to be honest with you, Dave, I'm watching the game. I thought to myself, what's the difference between 33 nothing and 27 nothing? I mean, that, yeah. I mean, that's how I that that's how I looked at it. And again, I'm not being critical of the staff. I'm just asking the question. Uh, yeah. Finally, Shimokin, you're trying to get something rolling here. What about this matchup with Shimokin? Because everything else is done. Sealands Grove game is done. You can start building something starting tomorrow night. What might that be? Well, I think that we've always played Shimokin tough, and uh, we have them at home. And they basically, as far as uh, numbers and size-wise, we match up very well. They have a good running back, and they have a, a pretty good quarterback, but um, they're they're struggling the same as the Braves have been. They've come off a couple of tough losses to some good teams, and I'm you know I think the kids probably looking forward to you know let's get let's get the second win of the season here and see what happens with Lewisburg and Milton and Mifflinburg as we finish it out. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm optimistic this week. I've watched that huddle is such a wonderful tool. I've gotten to watch a lot of the teams that Schick only plays ahead of actually being having to broadcast them and. And uh, I, I I enjoy doing that. I get to I get to see some personnel that I wouldn't normally see. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, we match up very well with them. It's, I think it's going to be whoever I, I'm going to say this, and it's kind of cliche. I think whoever scores first is going to have a great advantage. I really do. Uh, I agree with that, Dave. For this reason, I think this is the kind of point in the season for both teams where playing with the lead is psychologically important. You bet. And we have not done that. I think we've in one game we've played with the lead, and that's been it, and that's the game we won. Yeah. The game they won. Always a pleasure, yep. my friend. Right. Thank you so much. Great work, as always. Really enjoy it. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate it. And thanks for having me on. You bet. Anytime. Zach Showers, Sealands Grove. Zach, uh, again, I watched the game on Friday night, so it's uh, so it's, I was really impressed by what I saw. Uh, with these guys, uh, the way they went about their business, what kind of, how much better is the execution now compared to a month ago? Well, offensively, it's night and day. It really is. Um, there's still some kinks that are being worked out, and I think trying to just get consistent. Um, Sealand Grove's offense has, I guess you could say, almost lived and died on the big play on the past four weeks. Um, but they've gotten those big plays more, most importantly. Um, so they've been able to put up points. Um, and honestly, the, the defense isn't all that different um, than weeks one and two, but they're just playing with so much confidence right now. They're flying around. They're starting to get some turnovers. Um, that They're also able to kind of switch back between, you know, a 3-5 look, which is typically what they do, and then there's times where they'll go 3-4, um, and you have Brandon Heil, who's a Division One prospect, and have him back and forth between outside linebacker and more of a star position and roving. 
Uh, so it's, uh, it's it's been a lot of fun to watch this team grow just from week to week. And I think the scary thing is there's still a lot of growth offensively um, that this team can take to even go to a different level. Zach, I'm watching Friday night's game. I just thought that Sealens Grove put on, on that particular night, a clinic on complementary football between special teams, defense, and offense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is a team that just <laughs> they continue to they continue to make plays. Um, you know, you saw it. It was a fourteen nothing game at the half, and honestly, it was a it was a pretty good football game. Shikalimi was playing seals seals go tough, and the seals were able to make some plays. But um, Shikalimi was right there, and then to come out in the second half to be able to just make some offensive adjustments, you take the second play of the second half, you know. 60 yards to the house, and then the next play, um, I think you probably saw it on TV, Tucker Teeth, um, sophomore, yep. who's just been around the ball over the, all over the place, and he literally rips the, rips the football out of uh, Shikalimi, uh kick returner's hands and takes it, um, I think, 40, 48 or 49 yards to the house. Um, and that was just really, just really uh, slung the momentum in Seelens Grove's favor. That, that minute five stretch, that was the ball game. Right. There. Oh, absolutely. That that, yeah, that minute five stretch was the game. Right, and that's the difference right there between you know a team that's four and two and a team that's struggling is you know when you can make those big plays, you get all the momentum going forward. No question. All right, now on the road for Central Mountain. Matchups mean a lot in this. What's the matchup like with Central Mountain, which obviously is a good, tough, hard-nosed team. Yeah, they're they're five and one. Um, this is their best start in school history, um, so yeah. it's it's a big game. Um, their probably biggest matchup. They have uh, a quarterback uh, Gerlach, who's had a really good season so far, um, almost 800 yards passing. He's rushed for over 50 yards in every game. Um, and is I think just has one interception, um, close to 500 yards rushing. So they've been able to have a lot of success. Um, throwing and running the ball with him, um, and another running back, Ryan Pence, who's had close to 500 yards rushing. It's really a, kind of a two-man show in the backfield. So Seals Grove's defense has been the strength. I think you're going to see strength on strength with uh, Central Mountain's offense against Seals Grove's defense. Um, they're going to throw a lot at you. Um, talking to Coach Derek Hicks yesterday, um, he was, you know, re- really. Um, Describing how much uh, just the linebackers are going to have to stay home and make sure your eyes are in the right place. There's a lot of uh, a lot of window dressing that they like to do, and if you miss the tackle, you take the wrong gap. Um, you can have some big plays. Seelands um, Grove is a team that has not given up the big plays. Um, they've only had um, given up three runs over 12 yards the past five or the past four weeks. Um, so they're a team that hasn't. Given up the big plays, so I think that's going to be the big thing. Is Central Mountain able to do anything against a, a, a Steelers Grove uh, defense that's been solid? And offensively, I think there's some some plays to be made um, within the passing game for Steelers Grove, and just um, you know getting your athletes out in space and seeing what can happen there. So I think we're expecting a a pretty good game. Um, that hasn't been the case against Central Mountain, but we're excited in the past. So. We're excited for a good matchup tomorrow night. Should be terrific. Looking forward to it on Eagle 107. Zach, a pleasure. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you for having me again. 
Oh, it's great having you. All right, let's transition to Lewisburg, which is starting to build something. And Greg Wetzel joins us. Greg's in studio with us. Greg, first of all, welcome back, my friend. Oh, thank you so much. It's great to be here. They have started to build something, all right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, success breeds success. When you see this team practice, you get a feeling that they're enjoying the success they're having. They are, Steve. Um, I was out to practice uh, two times this week, and they they just have a, a little different step to them, you know? Um, going through the drills, they're focusing on what the coach is saying more and more because uh, uh, they change. The coaches change things up on a daily basis in terms of, you know, they look and study film and okay, this is going to work. So offensively and defensively, they change the game plan and put different things in for them on a daily basis leading up to the game. And the kids are, like I said, they're they're focused, they're paying attention, the practices are really crisp, and they're they're practicing well right now. What you know, there's areas of a football team that get better. You want to play your best football at the end, mm -hmm. and so it's always a building process. In the building process for Lewisburg, what started to fall into place that definitely is better now and a difference maker compared to a month ago? I, I think one of the things is the confidence of their quarterback. He um, he's a first year starter. And he took some lumps the first three or four three games uh, this year, but he started to get some confidence in the game against Midwest, and he completed 67% uh, of his passes against Midwest. Last week, he completed 67% of his passes against Central Columbia, so he's getting confidence in, in himself there and, and the team. The other thing, Steve, is they're doing is they're getting the football to their playmakers in space and they're making plays. Last week against Central Columbia, the score was 6-3 to three with 8 seconds to go in the first half. Lewisburg has the ball on their central 24-yard line, no timeouts. They throw a little swing pass to Cam Michaels out of the backfield. He breaks one tackle and runs into the end zone for a touchdown, which was realistically the turning point of the game because all of a sudden now it's a 12-3 ball game instead of a 6-3 ball game. Lewisburg gets the ball to start the second half, and they put points up on the board. It's now a three-score game. Now they make the transition to Loyal Sock. Yes. Uh, and, and look, it's interesting. You're building and building. It's interesting that a team with momentum, Lewisburg, mm -hmm. obviously getting better every week, Lewisburg. I think they have a great chance at challenging, and then if you challenge them, you can win it against Loyal Sock. What's your thought? Uh, I, I think you're right, Steve. They, they have two exceptional players. Their, their quarterback, Tyler G., is, is a really good athlete, a quarterback. He's thrown for eight touchdowns and, and close to 600 yards so far this year. And their tailback, Davian Hill might be the best tailback we've seen this year. He's rushed for close to 750 yards. He has seven touchdowns rushing, and he is a really good athlete. If we can contain them, if we can contain the running back and make them one-dimensional, I think that that will go a long way in helping Lewisburg to a, a victory on Friday night. But that that's going to be key to make them one-dimensional. And here's another part, too. How you know, I know that Lewisburg has playmakers, mm -hmm. but can ball control actually be important? And you can ball control it with your passing game. Oh, yes. And, and they, they uh, 
they do throw that little swing pass out of the back for the wide receiver screen. They use that in the running game. But in the last uh, two weeks, they've been able to run the ball much better. The offensive line has kind of come into its own a little more. Uh, Again, they had kids play in different positions. They had a freshman at center. They have a freshman at right guard right now. So just the experience they're getting, seeing the different looks that the defense gives them, they're giving the quarterback a little more time to throw the football. So the offensive line has really taken a step forward. It'll be interesting to see what they do this week because typically Loyal Sock has probably more athletes than any team in the area. Whether whether that transitions to good football players or not, you know, that's that remains to be seen. But athletically, they are probably one of the best teams athletically in the area year in and year out. It's an interesting comment because it's a comment I've made before. There are a lot of athletes playing a particular sport, mm-hmm. and there are some people that they're made for that sport and they have the instinct for it. And right. You know, there's a real difference. Yep, that's exactly right. Yep. Always a pleasure, my friend. So great to have you with us. Great to be here, Steve, and enjoy talking with you. All right, Greg Wetzel. So, again, the rundown. Loyal Sock will take on uh, Lewisburg on 100.9 The Valley. It'll be Sealands Grove at Central Mountain on Eagle 107, but that's also on our YouTube, so check that out. And then, of course, here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, Shikolimi and Shimokin. Uh, on radio, 6.30 the airtime, YouTube channel, 7 o'clock will be the kickoff. All right. We'll take a break. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Here on News Radio 1070 W. The 19 charged defendants submitted approximately $3.9 million in false claims. Plan paid out. million to the defendants. And Williams received approximately $230,000 in kickbacks. That was part of the indictment today. Involving 18 people. What is the number? Is it 15, Matt? NBA players? Former NBA players, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's 18... And I think it's 15 former NBA players in that list, right? Right. Yeah. And the word is maybe more? The word is maybe 18 ex-NBA players right now have been charged. There may be more as the investigation is still ongoing. <sighs> Again, you're talking about the combined salaries of 343 million dollars in their NBA careers. That doesn't include endorsements, sneaker deals. It's just the NBA salaries. You need to pull a scheme like that when you're all the combined income is there? Really? Ah. <sighs> Uh, again, she was she did the right thing today when she was asked whether the financial situations of blowing through money or entourage or things like that. And she said, look, I just want to deal with the facts of the fraud. And she was right to do that. But it sure does raise that question, doesn't it? 
Sometimes you'll see a scheme and you'll say, you know, I can see, like, quote, the genius of the scheme. Believe it or not, remember the, uh, like, the sailing coach with, you know, and getting kids into school? You know, they went after coaches that were making, like, the sailing coach at Cal makes $37,000, Stanford makes $37,000 a year. So that person is susceptible to it. Here, I don't see the I don't see the genius of the scheme.